0: Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on everything business, tech, and marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of successful brands. Join Ramon and the PD flight crew as they use decades of combined experience to tackle current events and interview guests, while dropping valuable industry knowledge. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode.
1: Three, two, one,
2: zero, zero and zero. lift off.
0: Come take my hand. You should know me. I've always
2: been in your
3: mind. Alright folks, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design and We Launch Brands. And welcome to Mission Control. And that that intro there was a little bit of uh Olivia Newton-John's "Magic," great song. Um, You know, many fond memories of of all of her music, uh, her appearance in Greece, and uh, you know she passed away after uh, at seventy three after a a long battle uh, with breast cancer. And um, just wanted to shout her out and her music. Uh, We have a special show here today. Um, We have a special guest, a a, a bright young man, uh, Robert Warren of blue cyclone media welcome good to be here yes we're gonna get we're gonna dive right into that in a few minutes and learn all about it and and this is a very impressive young man that we have here in studio today and we have our uh, motley crew here our our uh, fearless leader of the web team jorge how's it going everyone and his trusty sidekick i don't know which one's batman which one's robin but we're gonna go with
1: good afternoon I'll, I'll be anyone but robin
3: Okay. Yeah. Boy wonder.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
3: that's not going to stick. All right. So we're, we're going to start out with a new, uh, our new segment where we've got a new format for you folks. And this one here is just uh recent releases. And I just happened to bite in my tongue because I want to spoil Prey because it was a great movie. Watched it this weekend. It's a, it's a, a prequel to Predator.
0: Which is amazing that they flipped the script, literally, they called it Prey as opposed to Predator, a Hulu exclusive, right?
3: Hulu. And who knew about Hulu? Like, I was sleeping on them for movies. Kind of got it when I was watching Handmaid's Tale. And, you know, they got Snowfall. They got a bunch of other series on there. But uh, they've got they've got quite a roster of good movies, and everybody was hyping up, you know, on social. Check out Prey. Check out Prey. Prey is dope. It's better. People are going as far as to say it's better than all the other Predators.
1: That's now, all I've been saying on
0: social. I have, a, I have a question. Again, we're going to try to keep this as spoiler free as possible because yours, yours truly extent. hasn't seen it yet, yeah, and I'm a big fan of this yet. series. Do you feel that this film warranted a theatrical release, and they missed the boat? Yes. Would people have seen this yes, in theaters?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really do. And I, I think it had a lot for the woke culture, you know, because it's treated 300 years ago. You know, it's from a Native American perspective. It's it, it's clearly the U.S. I mean, they're speaking English, which a part of me was like, should this be in subtitles? But I get it. It's it is still talking about a like a movie.
0: apocalyptic style. Yeah, yeah, like
3: yeah, yeah. But then I realized, like, we're talking predator here. We're not talking like this is an Oscar uh, nomination. <laughs> you know, we're talking. You know, get to the chopper, run. You know, uh, you know that was a pretty good. I have to say myself. Hey, that was good. That was, that was, that, was, was my, <laughs> that was my best Arnold. So and so they have like colonists. You know, uh, or 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 uh, they have like French. The French are here. Like it wasn't. You know, they're clearly speaking French and. They're just getting, and they're just encountering. this like first contact with with Native Americans, um, but it's set in the year seventeen nineteen, and it's set from the perspective of of a young uh, Native American girl. You know, was pretty badass. So, to say.
0: so a double kind of risk for the theater, or rather the production yeah. house, I would say, is that a you have a a franchise that has seen better days historically yes. that. M- People probably could have
3: flopped, right? Right. There's
0: plenty of executives who would be like, ah, another one of these. I don't really know. Yeah. And then them taking a chance on. If you think about Predator, right? You just did a brilliant Arnold impression. (laughs) It's oftentimes thought of as like this action Mm -hmm. movie kind of like you know big buff dude with guns, right? Exactly. And they're like, hey, you know that whole thing that makes Predator a Predator movie? We're gonna throw that away and do something totally different. And apply a, a historical aspect to it.
3: I thought, which to me is brilliant. I thought, I, what a and, I th- and it made me think of, okay, where does he fit into their mythology? Cause there's a lot of native mythology, you know, the way, you know, it's just, it's just normal. It's just mankind. It's just religion. We, we come up with explanations for the supernatural. They didn't really take advantage of that. Um, and I'm not going to try not to spoil it, but oh, they all could as well be
1: edited wrong. do No, I know. Keep you under control.
3: (laughs) I know. I'm not saying anything more than you're going to get out of the movie poster, you know, basically. But what was cool was when you did see the Predator, he, you know, if you could imagine what he would be 300 years prior to Arnold, they tried to
1: imply that too, which I thought was pretty neat. I'm happy it was streaming release and not theater because if people told me it was good, I would not have gone to the movie theater to watch it just wouldn't we were like okay another predator movie that's fine i'll I'll wait i don't think you wouldn't even if the if the studio would have taken the risk you would not i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't have gone to see it interesting because it's streaming and people said it's good it's like yeah why not i'm already
3: paying for speaking of movies is this our space roast section can we ladies and
0: gentlemen (laughs) let's move into our brand new segment called space roast where Kevin and I and our guests and Ramon, whoever else wants to put a debate, I mean, we'll put it out there on social. We're just going to bring up some topics that can be a little bit polarizing. We've got some strong opinions here and uh, just a little bit of back and forth on some, you know, this list of things. This is what 30 years of friendship will do to you. Uh, you develop some strong opinions and the ability to kind of. Oh, boy. Uh <laughs> Uh-uh. So, I'll just sucks. play mediator in case you
3: guys start going into fisticuffs here I'll, I'll, I'll Topical
0: stash. topical because we're talking about aliens, right? Okay And we're talking about Good segue No, right, exactly So the point of contention today on Space Roast is the motion picture signs starring
3: Mel Gibson, Gibson Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix This is M. Night Shyamalan M. Night Shyamalan Malinglang <laughs> So <laughs> So that's how i pronounce it I'm this It's a uh, also was in the movie <laughs> most was. people realize True. actually i think he's he in,
0: makes a, a cameo in, every in movie. most of he's his films right movie. at some point point. and how for me this was i think so m.net Shyamalan's whole thing is the twist right yeah. what's going to be also spoiler alert if you haven't seen signs it's, come uh, on the statue <laughs> of limitations
3: i'm just to be.
0: i'm just putting it out there somebody's you know somebody somewhere discuss it going you know Gonna okay, see it if you haven't
3: watched Signs, pause and watch Signs and then come back and listen because we're gonna form an opinion yeah. here. So, um, the
0: follow up to Sixth Sense, um, his second film, and for me, an interesting take on the alien kind of subculture movie and how that plays a role. Alien Invasion, right? And you think about it when you think about an alien invasion, you normally see kind of the military aspect. The powers that be that are going on, you don't really get into what's going on no. in the small town family life, and I thought that this was so well done because it increased the sense of tension. When it's global powers and governments and the military going against the alien, it kind of becomes just an action flick at that point. And now we're talking about an alien invasion that's very subtle, and we're looking at it on the at the ground level of what just a you know a Midwest American family is going through. Through the whole thing. And for me, the film is just done. It's this beautiful sense of tension that's crafted. It's also just brilliant storytelling. You're talking about um, a man of faith who has lost that faith. And how, you know, his kind of journey back to the light, if you will. And for me, the film is just great. And honestly, and this is one of the points that Kevin will argue, is that. There's this moment. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly the moment I'm talking about. Makes you jump ten feet out of your seat the first time you see it.
3: Birthday party scene.
0: The birthday party scene. <laughs> so they're, stupid. They're just showing. <laughs> they just. It's like, and like you know, it's not by. scary it's like, at all. It's like you know something's gonna happen. You, they they tell you we're about to watch footage of this thing. And but it's because like,
3: you're watching it through somebody else's like camcorder at a birthday party, it's it's jarring because you're like. It's just not. It's you know what's going
1: to happen? Walks by in like a party city costume and then people lose their minds. I, I don't understand it. Because the tension was what that. You do well, if you saw an
3: alien walk by at a birthday party. What did if aliens like-
0: look like they have party city suits on? Party city suits on. You have no idea. No,
1: that's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying it wasn't scary. I remember sitting there in, and I watched it in theaters. And I'm sitting there with two of my friends and they're just terrified when this happened. And I'm looking over at them, losing respect, just not well, understanding but, why
3: but, you, but maybe they were propane, uh,
1: <laughs> propane <laughs> gang. But, probably actually you know what I'm, I'm gonna check we'll verify we'll come back and verify because that would explain a lot uh Teen charcoal <laughs> that, that'll oh, be we're oh, gonna oh. save that for another episode oh, but, okay. yeah. so, but no, I, the idea of the movie i think is sound i like the idea of it i was really excited to watch it it was just the execution for me i watched it i usually like mel gibson i didn't like his character the whole how all these things came together just didn't work for me. The whole thing with the water and the daughter and the swing away, like everything was just. For me, that was the like, a perfect corny.
0: example of like everything happens for a reason. And, you know, it's a path that you, you know, that you could never have imagined or, or, or drawn up. And yet that ended up being, you know, the saving grace of his whole family. Yeah, whole I, I saw it that.
3: from a perspective of a father. You know, having young kids during that when that movie came out, and just Mel Gibson like trying to keep it together. Like everybody's gonna eat dinner here, you know, you know, eat your mashed potatoes. Like try and you're hearing footsteps like on the roof of these aliens walking all over their house. So, um, yes, he had lost his faith, lost his wife in in a horrific accident, and he was a he was a, a priest. You know, he was no longer wearing his collar, but also. From a religious standpoint, man is made in God's image and you don't really get into like, you know, you could be spiritual and say that like God created everything, even the aliens, or you can be like religious and be like, well, God only made earthlings and there is no other, you know, life out there. So it brought in all these other things. So as a man a man who has lost a man of the cloth, assuming he was Christian because of the collar, now there's aliens, you know, running running around in his roof. You know, so like I, I really enjoyed the bravery and and the, uh, the fortitude. Like he's got to be shitting bricks himself, and then he's got to keep a keep a straight face for his children, knowing the inevitable. Like they tried boarding up the house, and I mean, I'm on the camp that it was a great movie. It has M Night made terrible movies? Yes, I think the this happening. is the happening. Oh mercy. Uh, what was Finally. the one with the, with the, with the perimeter? Uh, everybody stayed with the village. The, village. The, village. No, the village. I like that. I like the village. I like that. People hated it. I like that. I thought it, thought it was good. Movie. That was
0: a good
2: twist. The one
3: too. I didn't yeah. think was that great. Was the one with the, there was uh, the creature in the pool or something like that. That was awful too. That was terrible. Uh, what nope. was that one? Lady in the water? Lady yeah. in the water. Yeah.
1: That was yeah. not his best. I didn't see that one just cause the reviews were that bad. Not oh, it was,
3: it was terrible.
1: But one thing I read about signs, that made me think about the movie completely differently, yeah. though. This is just recently on our Reddit. Someone said, We never actually saw the invading aliens in the movie. And that what we saw basically the equivalent to vermin. So imagine like you have a ship traveling, right? right, right. From yeah. one coast to the next. Rats may be aboard and get off, right? As I mentioned, even in that party footage scene, how they look like they're hiding, they're scared. You never see them really attacking because ships are there we hadn't seen them invading aliens they're just kind of running around scouting scouting whatever looking for food and that's why they are also didn't know about uh water because that's in the end they die once water hits yeah, i don't
3: know joaquin knocks over a, a couple of water he swings uh, and the, gu-
0: the cup of
1: right, water really like goes burns on the, the alien and burns and it, and right stuff. exactly yeah so they're saying the reason Water's why is corrosive to their skin yeah they weren't the invading aliens they were just vermin that were there, which is why they, you know, they're on this planet that's full of something that will kill them. And that the movie ends before you actually see the invasion. And I was like, that's an interesting kind of twist on it. I, I think that makes the movie even deeper if that's the
0: case. Um, but I, I mean, for me as well, I feel like if we were going to an alien planet, we might not know about how all of the compounds that are brand new to us are going to, you know, are going to influence us. Or even thinking about our own planet, right? Think about explorers, settlers who go to a brand new you know, people come into the new world. They had no idea about, you know, what with diseases, you know, you know, just breathing the air, just you know, exploring the forest, the jungle, you know, you're gonna be uh, you know, you think you, you know, we're gonna survive, no problem. And that may have been you know, a similar situation where, you know, the, the, the ocean in this case is like the interstellar galactic expanse, um, but it's still kind of, you know, explorers, colonists.
3: He's reaching, he's reaching. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> they traveled all the way to earth. The planet is mostly ocean water. Blue. They, they, they could have the taken big
3: blue, the big blue marble,
1: a sample, of something. They would have known before. They're like, let's all go over there
2: lot of philosophies,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, but go ahead. They said for me, I don't know. It was just the execution movie. Now, more said you watched it. You know, as being like from a father and everything in faith, but I watched it as I want to say a seventeen-year-old kid looking to watch an alien film, and I was not terrified. The aliens were weak. There was supposed to be some sort of. I, I get what they're saying with the connection with the car crash and the mother. Yeah. It's like, how could she have known and I get it. It's supposed to be like, it's all connected, but the execution did not work for yep. me. I watched that. I watched the movie for free. I didn't even pay for it. Cause I worked the movie through at the time and I want, I was like, yeah, nah, for, I was disappointed. for
0: I can see the perspective of, you know, not being impressed with those practical effects. For me, the practical effects make it better for me. I don't know. Again, the tension is just so well done because there's no feeling of, uh of immunity or, you know, there for me, there's always a very real threat. Uh, you know, of what's going to happen and kind of putting yourself in those, in that perspective of what would you do if an alien invasion started, which isn't, you know, that, that's in and of itself is something that I think a lot of people in a lot of situations think they know how they would react. And when it actually comes down to happening.
3: So, your main, just to wrap this segment up, Kev, your main point of contention making this a bad movie is that it wasn't scary.
1: For maybe me, it wasn't your that's interesting. Yeah, for me, it wasn't one. I guess scary because no, normally it's like okay. You alien were expecting invasion. a
3: scary movie, maybe that's why you
1: were disappointed. Yeah, the and then oh, wow, just more entertaining for me because I said at the time, the whole connection between like him losing his faith and his family. Like I wanted to see more alien invasion and less. Him and his family, which the whole movie but was kind of him and his tension. family. Yeah, it was yeah. the
3: tension and how do we prepare and how do we, how do we, how do we, how do you keep a family positive in the midst of the inevitable death, yes. like, you know, and you you have Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix in the same movie. It's kind of tough to screw that up,
1: I think. And I usually love both of them. Yeah. And I think it was just the execution it's of it. Because If it was them, hmm. like, actually getting prepared and I don't know. Yeah. Fighting the alien somehow, kind of like know. Independence Day style. But it was like all these little weird quirky, like, oh, it's the water and the swing away thing. And like, I don't know. Everything's I think connected. the grand
3: landscape of movies, yeah. I think it's, it's not one of the worst. No, I think not it's one not of the, the worst. worst. I think it, it's a great movie.
0: Does it, does it have its flaws? Sure. Yeah. But overall, I, I think it's worth the ride.
3: Yeah, I do too. So do we're going to, we're going to move on out of that segment. Um, I think it's going to be a popular one and we got so many things we you the two of you disagree on so we we got plenty of content And that the charcoal
1: propane that that deserves some time yes or team
3: hybrid because i have both but one is quicker than the other
1: which one's better which one's better but it's
3: not about quick it's about better it's true well technology also is we'll have to leave the audience
0: in suspense because we could go into the whole whole thing right right. now
3: (laughs) they're two hashtags yes propane gang and team charcoal. Which one are you? All right, now we're going to move into our segment because we've got a uh, a bright young man that that I happened to meet. I was on a panel at Jeff Works in Trumbull. It was an event held at the uh, Trumbull Economic Development. Our, our dear friend, Rena Bacalar, invited me to be on this panel. And, and Jeff Works is a co-working space in Trumbull. It's pretty dope if you need a place to work. And, and we, you know we have no problem giving them a free plug it, it, it looked very affordable and and very accommodating welcoming. so they invited out a lot of home-based businesses to come out and kind of uh, give their pitch right and so here comes this young man talking about marketing and text messaging and and the open rates on email and in a very informative manner so, I, I just had to go introduce myself and, and met this young man who subsequently came in and, and, and uh, spoke to the team. He just graduated high school. That's so right. I, I will say that I did have a chance. Those that know me know that I've worked with Warren Buffett and I there was a question that someone asked him about success. And he, he gave this story about all these, you know, billionaires like Bill Gates and, Steve Jobs and Steven Spielberg and all all these people. And he basically said, "What what do they have in common? And it wasn't what school they went to, but it was, it was actually what they had in common was how young they were when they started their first businesses. Like that's that. In Warren Buffett's opinion was a greater sign of success. And so in that regard, Robert, you're well on your way. So welcome to the show and tell us all about this business and uh, how does it work? How you got into it? you know why why you're so passionate about it and how it can help uh small businesses. Yeah, thanks
2: for the questions. So basically my business is based around uh SMS uh marketing. So uh pretty much what we do is we help businesses, you know, save time and make more money through retaining their customers. And the way that we do that is pretty much having uh, some templates that we have for each industry and we have those business owners pretty much, you know, fill those out and we work with them and we pretty much send out messages to their customers and SMS has been shown that it has a 98% open rate and, you know, people are more responsive to, you know, text message in general. I mean, you get a text message from your friends, you know, basically from anybody and, you know, your phone is ringing, you're pretty much going to pick it up. It's, it's like, a, it's almost like a sixth sense everyone has at this point. So it's a very uh, easy sell to business owners because of the fact that you know they understand it themselves that you know text messaging can really you know increase the likelihood of them being able to retain their customers, um, and you know, I believe that it'll help a lot of business owners with you know the problem of them you know having you know leakage of you know customers in their in their business. So,
3: yeah. Leakage, yeah, not a term that you hear often. <laughs> in marketing, but you have an analogy that you used before about the leaky bucket that I think will help kind of bolster yeah. that if you want to go into that a little bit more.
2: Yeah. So um, I call it leaky bucket syndrome. Uh, pretty much what it is, is that, you know, there's, you got a bucket, right? And there's some holes in it and you're trying to put in a bunch of water. So uh, that could be like Facebook ads. It could be just, you know, just any type of advertising, but you know, you're, you, the holes are pretty much the customers that are leaking through the cracks, you know, they're, they're coming in and, you know, they're, they're seeing your business and maybe they might not know a lot about the different things that you have, the different offers. Right. And pretty much from that, we come in and we are the person that patches those holes. So we uh, help them out with, you know, try to sort of building a relationship with their customers through SMS marketing and, you know, using the messages that we have to be able to, you know, have business owners sort of have a a, a brand identity with them, uh, at least with their customers, and sort of holding them close so that they can, you know, really, you know, get more, you know, get more business from their customers and have their customers sort of, you know, really market themselves, um, to, uh, to their to their other to their other friends. I mean, we we have we actually have a, a couple of campaigns that um are more around trying to get customers. Of business owners, or of businesses in general, um, to basically, you know, go to their friends and go to their family and pretty much, you know, market, you know, that person's business for them. And, and those are the offers that we pretty much bring, and it it helps our business owners pretty well.
3: Okay, well, back up a little bit. You're in high school. Most kids in high school are not starting businesses. How did this happen? Uh, and I know that your mom travels closely with you. She was there at the pitch day, and thankfully she's she's you do your thing in here at, at Mission Control because you're you're a big boy. You can handle it. Um, you're doing well. But how how did it come about? How did this opportunity come across your desk that you said, "Hey, mom, I, I want to get in on this"? And then tell me a little bit about how you named the company and and um, you know uh, what your what your plans are. To to grow the business.
2: Okay, so the reason why I started uh, Blue Cyclone Media was because of the fact that. Uh,
0: Can I ask what the where that came from? Blue Cyclone Media. Blue
2: Cyclone Media. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I started out with this, uh, this one name. Uh, it's like Go Riverside or something like that. And I was pretty much just like, okay, well, maybe I'll just use that. And then the domain was already taken, so I was like, oh man. <sighs> I gotta, I gotta find something else.
0: Such a key part of naming any business is yeah. is a domain available. Something yeah, we always really talk right. about, and yeah. you know, like, all right, well, let's start, let's start it over.
2: Yeah. So I started over, and I don't even know what it was. I think there was like a storm outside or something, and like something came across the TV and said something about a cyclone, and I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe I can use that in my business name. I don't know. I, I guess I sort of sort of like preyed on it a little bit and so it just came to me and I was like, you know what, let's name the business Blue Cyclone Media. And it sounded great. I think I even had a little jingle at one time that I tried to make from it. But uh yeah, that's how I um came up with the name.
1: Oh, you were a fan of Sonic. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind too, not gonna lie. Cyclone.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. So the other question was How, why did,
3: yeah. How did this opportunity come across, you know, your desk and, (laughs) and, uh, was it a professor? Was it a teacher?
2: Uh, so not quite. It actually was one of my past mentors. Okay. So I've, I, I knew about the type of service that I could provide, but the thing is, is that I never really focused on it because I thought that I could be a jack of all trades. Right. I thought I could be, I could have, you know, a full service, marketing agency. And I found, I found out pretty quick that, you know, I got to start off somewhere. I got to have some type of a thing that's going to set me apart from everyone else. And, you know, it's a little bit hard breaking into the, into the market right now. So, um, I pretty much tried to find my unique selling proposition. That's what I found. I first learned about it actually when I was at an internship at Apple corporate and, but I didn't really go into it at that time. But I think it was like once I, once I heard from my mentor that, you know, hey, I'm using this thing called text message marketing, it's going to be really big. A lot of businesses are going to use it and they're probably going to need a service just like it. So I probably should look into doing something like that and started.
3: Pretty cool. I mean, how many clients do you have so far?
2: So far I have one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My first client.
3: That's all you need. And what industry is that client in? Cybersecurity. Okay.
2: Yeah. Excellent.
3: What's a good database for for a client to have to really take advantage of this technology?
2: Okay. Um. So a good database, I would say, is maybe about, say, about three to five, three to five thousand. In that, in that, in that three range. Three to five
3: thousand phone numbers. Yeah. So that you can really. Kind of see how it's working and what the open rate, like get good data from it and conversion out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Guys, uh, you know, any thoughts on the technology and how it integrates with a website or, or, you know, how we might be able to incorporate it into an offering for clients.
0: Just from a data perspective, I was curious the open rate itself is phenomenal. Yeah. Industry standard email open rate ranges anywhere from, you know, two to 2% to 10%. Based on the industry, um, sometimes a little bit higher, but for, to have a, to have open rate that high, that's spectacular. But another question for me is, do you know what the conversion rate is or any of that, any of that data?
2: Yeah. So for, so, cause we're more, more, we're more trying to target for, at least for businesses, the people that they already have. So it's really trying to reactivate their databases, but it also is. Uh, for people who have already pretty much say like you have like a restaurant, right. And they have, you know, uh, new customers. They pretty much have just recently bought. Right. So they already have rapport with that business. So we send, say, Hey, come back again. You know, a comeback campaign. Uh, I call it, you know, we have about like three different campaigns, a comeback campaign, uh, a win back campaign. And Oh my gosh. not the last one. but Hey, it's, it's okay. Um, <laughs>
3: They can go to your website. What's yeah. your website?
2: Uh, that would be uh, contact Okay, what's what are ideal
3: clients? What typically what clients typically have five thousand um, cell phone numbers?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, medium sized businesses. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm. That's my target market uh, is medium sized businesses at yeah. this point.
3: And is that based
2: on revenue or company size? It's more based off of revenue and what more they're going to actually have the actual lists that are actually applicable to what I'm able to be able to provide.
3: Okay. And what's what's a good way for a client to get a hold of you? I mean, you what school are you going to?
2: I'm going to be going to University of Hartford.
3: Excellent. Excellent. And what are you going to be majoring in? I'm going to be majoring in marketing. Okay. Excellent. So is this something you're going to continue to run? Is your mom going to like what's her role in the business while you're in school?
2: So her role has really been that, you know, when I go to pitches and stuff like that, we sort of just play off each other. Right. Um, And she gives me some, you know, some more insight and a little bit into the business world. Uh, She's been in the fiscal services uh, industry for a little bit. And when it comes on to business, I sort of, you know, use her knowledge um, to be able to help me to navigate around things that I don't really know a lot about. Other than, you know, speaking with mentors and, and so on. So. She's, she's sort of like a, like the mastermind type of person that I go to, to, you know, get guidance from.
3: Okay. Excellent. And so while you're in school, are you going to continue promoting it? Are you going to like, is there any time off, no days off or what's it like for you from an operations standpoint?
2: Uh, So for operations standpoint, I do want to run it uh, still going into my, uh, my college uh, freshman year but I do want to take a, hi- a brief hiatus because of the fact that I do want to, you know, get my footing in school, um, say maybe about like three months. And then once those three months are up, go straight full into it. doesn't mean that I won't still be around and I still won't be able to, you know, meet with clients if I have to, um, or if I want to, but I, I do not, I don't want to, I don't want to limit myself and my capabilities of really being able to prove myself in, in my, in my college freshman year, or at least in the first couple of weeks. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, listen, man, you're impressive and I I, I wish you all the success and and we're going to keep an eye out on, with our clients to see what would be a good fit uh, for Blue Cyclone Media. So we really appreciate having you on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah. Best of luck in school. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Great guest. And uh, we'll. I'm sure we'll have you back whenever you have a break, you know, keep us posted on, on any new developments. Definitely. Well. Awesome, man. So let's talk a little bit about our next segment here, which is brand new. And I want to talk today about investing in your people. And, and one of the things we do here at PD is we really, really take a lot of time and, and learning how to how to better communicate with each other. What I mean by that is we've invested in having disc assessments done. And uh, we're currently working with uh, Monica Leggett of New Steps Life Coaching. She's currently working with, with some of our Uh, Members um, one on one to develop them as leaders, and uh, she's going to be doing an exercise with all of us on people mapping. And one of the things I find fascinating about it is that your strengths—you know, if you're if you tend to be task oriented or if you tend to be people oriented—your strengths go awry; they can become your Achilles' heel. And and a good example of that is somebody that might be uh, a people person. If that Strength goes awry. What happens then is that person may avoid confrontation, or they may avoid you know, bringing up certain issues. in In the course of, of getting some work done, they may be reluctant to delegate, and they may they may be more comfortable operating in a silo versus collaborating. Um, so it's it's a skill set that can go awry, and it, and you can see that happening in all different types of leaders you know if people have a tendency to be task oriented they might lose a bit of empathy because all they care about is just getting the job done when those skills or strengths i should say become awry so it's very important to uh as you're building your company and you're assembling your team to invest in your people invest in personal development and it'll improve communication and it'll improve the way uh, work gets done on your team and of course it'll improve trust which is a key component in any in any type of business. So, that's our brand new segment. I do want to leave some time for some of our sponsors. We have a new segment where we're going to start highlighting some of our sponsors and Jorge is going to mention the sponsor of this particular episode.
0: Mission Control is proudly brought to you by SpaceHost. shop.spacehost.pro for all your domain, SSL
3: and hosting needs. Excellent! Wow, that that turned out to be an actual commercial. We're gonna have to use that one more often. Save that (laughs) replay. Save that one. All right, everybody. This is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands.